Just open up to uh, Colossians. That's our uh, our text for today. And um, if you'd like to open up to Colossians chapter two, starting at verse six. Uh, so Mel and I, Mel and I have been watching a, a show recently called Designated Survivor, and. Um, it's uh, got a famous actor, Kiefer Sutherland, in it. I'm not sure if you know him from 24. Uh, but uh, it's a really exciting show, really interesting show. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to give it away and tell you the idea of the show. So a designated survivor is um, in the American Congress. Um, they choose one person. I'm not sure if this is true or not, but in the show, they choose one person to be the designated survivor. So if the Congress blows up and everyone dies... Uh, then someone, the designated survivor, can be the president. And I won't give the show away for you, but Kiefer Sutherland becomes the president of, um, of America. Um, and uh, we, we really enjoyed watching this show in the first two seasons and the uh, exciting plot that it had. But for Mel and I, in the third season, it was a bit of a disappointment. Not that it wasn't exciting or anything like that, but in the third season we felt the show kind of went down the moral gurgler, uh, way down the gurgler. The morals uh, dropped. In seasons one and two, there was no swearing. In season three, there was loads of swearing. In seasons one and two, there was no sex scenes. In season three, there were terrible sex scenes. In seasons one and two, there was no political agenda, but in season three, the main character, one of them, was a transgender man. It had a big focus of the season. And these things in season three were all celebrated by the show. And it left Mel and I thinking, what is happening with our world? We live in a world that is very opposed to the gospel. We live in a world that is anti-gospel in many ways. And these things are are coming at us, especially in this day and age. It's harder to be a Christian in our world, isn't it? So will these things that we face in this world, will they drag us away from Jesus? Whether it be the pressure of our secular society or something else, maybe bad teaching that we hear or something else that might drag us away from the Lord? Or will we stand firm in the Lord in this day and age? The big question I want to ask from our two verses this morning is, what is the way to continue in Christ? How will we do it amidst everything we face? Even amidst our own sin. What is the way to continue in Christ? That's the big question for today. Paul wants the Colossians to continue in Christ. Have a look at Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. So Paul knows that they are Christians. He knows that they have received Jesus as their Lord. He knows that they can make that Christian confession, yes, Jesus Christ is my Lord. How does he know that about them? We'll see there um, in verse 6, he says, just as you received Christ Jesus. Now this word for received here 
in the ancient Greek was actually a very special word that referred to the, the, the gospel tradition. It referred to the first preaching of the apostles, to the first Christian message that would go out to people. And people would hear this message and they would receive this gospel tradition and they would believe with their hearts. This is about the message going out to the early Christians and they received it. Christ Jesus is risen. Christ Jesus is Lord. So it's about this passing on of the gospel and Paul knows that the Colossians had received and believed that gospel for real. How about us? How about us? Have we heard the message and have we believed? This message of Christianity, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is risen, Jesus is King. Have you heard it and have you believed it? Is he the Lord of your life? For the scriptures are telling us so. He is Lord, he is risen from the dead. Have you believed this gospel tradition? Jesus is your Lord. Well, the book of Colossians has just been going on and on about how Jesus is Lord, hasn't it? Remember in chapter 1, verse 15? He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by Jesus all things were created, things in heaven and things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Jesus And for Jesus. Paul's telling us in Colossians, he is Lord. He is King of all. So how about us? Have we received him into our heart and our life as the Lord of all? He calls the shots, not me, not you anymore. Is he your Lord? If he is, when did you receive him? When was that gospel tradition passed on to you? Was it at youth group or Sunday school or sometime later in life? He says, so then just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. He says, continue to live in him. Now, the word live there is literally the word walk. So he's saying continue to walk in Christ. How's your Christian walk going? Uh, when I was about 18, um, we had a church camp down in Ulladulla, down at Burrell Pines, and there's a caravan park there. And we always went down there for church camp. And one day off, they wanted to go and climb up Pigeon House Mountain, which is nearby. Now, I'm not a very fit guy at the moment, but I can tell you I wasn't very fit back then. And uh, I was pretty much coming last, climbing up Pigeon House Mountain. It's very steep. Has anyone ever climbed Pigeon House before? Very steep, um, or felt steep to me at the time. And um, my brother was calling from up ahead, are you okay, Jess? And he was leaving bottles of water for me on the way up. It was a tough walk. How about the Christian life? Tough walk? How are we going to persevere in this difficult walk that we face as Christians? And it's only getting more difficult to be a Christian in this world, isn't it? 
How will we persevere? Remember our big question for today. How will we continue in the Christian life, in this walk? And what we're going to see in these two short verses is four ways to do this, four metaphors that we can continue in our walk. Have a look at it. It says, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Four ways that we can continue in Christ. Rooted and built up, strengthened in the faith and overflowing with thankfulness. How can we continue and persevere in Christ? These are our verses. So the first one, we are to be rooted in Christ, it says there in verse 7. Now you're looking at a city boy here, and uh, I grew up uh, in the coffee shops of Newtown, not on the farms of Gulgawi. So um, I rung George Moore yesterday to ask him about this one. And I said, George, from a farmer's perspective, what does it mean to be rooted in Christ? And uh, he said to me, and you can correct George if I'm wrong, okay, um, a crop needs to sink its roots deep in the ground to find the moisture it needs for life. It needs to sink its roots down to find the nutrients from the moisture and the water. Otherwise, if it doesn't do that, it's a superficial crop and it won't last. Am I right, George? Okay, good. This text is telling us to be rooted not in the soil, but in Jesus Christ, to stick our roots down into him. So from a spiritual sense, we need to seek our roots deep down into him to find what we need for life. We need to sink our lives down into Christ to survive. We can't survive without Christ. We won't grow without him. Where do we find him? In the word. We can't survive without the word. We won't grow without the word. Are you sinking your roots deep down into Jesus? Praying to him in your time of need. Getting into the word deep to find him. Trusting in him for your future. We're to be rooted deeply in Jesus to find what we need to survive. Resting in him. Sowing deeply into him. How are you going with that? Is your life going deep down into relying deeply on Jesus Christ? so that you will survive this Christian walk. It says, Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him. Second one there is to be built up in him. Uh, Literally, the word is to be built upon him. Okay, so as a foundation... Jesus, Jesus is as a foundation for our lives to be built upon him. These words are from the world of construction. 
We're to be built upon Jesus. In the Gospels, he says to build our lives upon the rock, which is him, his words. Uh, when uh, Mel's folks and Nick's folks were um, building their house in Orange, it was just a bit out of uh, Orange in Boronor, it was Christmas time, and we went out to have a look at the property and they just laid this massive slab for the house and for the B&B. And so we played cricket on the slab, which was pretty fun at Christmas time. And uh, we tried not to let the kids muddy the slab up too much. Um, But uh, Jesus, Jesus is our foundation slab for life, isn't he? Jesus is the foundation of all that we do and all that we are. We're to be built up in him, to be built upon him. He is the foundation for everything about me and you. Is that true for you? The third one there is to be strengthened in the faith as you were taught, it says. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Uh, This word means to be confirmed or established or grounded in Jesus. To be strengthened and established and grounded in him, in the faith. How are we going to do that? I think as we've seen today, getting along to a growth group each week is a great way to be strengthened in our faith. Or link yourself to a growth group so they can encourage you and strengthen you in your faith. We need to be established in this faith just as we were taught, he says. And the fourth one, see there, it is to be overflowing with thankfulness. To be overflowing with thankfulness. Thankfulness about what? Well, thankfulness to God, of course. Did you ever watch those reality TV shows where... um, you know, for instance, an ambulance show, it shows the paramedics going out to the really sick person and um, it was funny one time because we watched one and there was a guy whose anxiety was just about as bad as mine and Mel and I were thinking, Jesse, that's you on the screen, but anyway. Um, he, 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 I think he, he'd stubbed his toe and he thought he was having a heart attack or something. But but there's other other serious ones where, um, where uh, you know, someone's having a very serious asthma attack and they've got them all tubed up and, and the paramedics basically save their lives and, and then it shows the, the scene a few weeks later where the person whose life has been saved goes to see the paramedics who saved them and they're so thankful, aren't they? They're so grateful. Shouldn't it be the same with us and God? With Jesus who has saved us from hell that we deserved. He saved us from eternal death. So while we might be grateful to an Ambo who helps us out, Jesus died on the cross for us and rose again to give us that sure and certain hope of eternal life. Paul says to continue in your walk with God be overflowing with thankfulness to what God's done. 
And uh, it's interesting because this passage obviously is in the context of the Colossians getting led astray by false teaching. And, and Paul's even saying here that as they are thankful to God, this will be a protection, a protection against drifting away, a protection against being deceived. If they're th- remaining thankful to the Lord, perhaps with the things that we're facing in our society in this day and age and the things we face in our life, as we focus on thankfulness to God, we will persevere. Yes, it's tough being a Christian, but let's keep being thankful for the truth that Jesus died and rose again and is Lord for you and for me. Let's pray this for one another, this thankfulness in the greatness of the gospel. Remember the question is, how can we continue in the Christian life? And the big idea is just these verses that we continue in Christ by being rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as we were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Can you see there in verse 6 what Paul's saying? It doesn't say the word Griffith there, but I'm sure it was in the original text. So then Griffith... So then, Griffith, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, have you done that? Now continue to live in him, rooted and built up in Christ alone, strengthened in this faith as we've been taught, and overflowing with thankfulness, Griffith, continue to live in him. How are we going in the Christian life? How are you going in your Christian walk? Are we on cruise control? Everything's fine. Or can we just stop lying about that and realise we're probably struggling like everyone else? Friends, let us not be deceived. Let us not be deceived by other dodgy teaching. Let us not be deceived by our own silly hearts. The Christian life is a struggle. How are we going to persevere in it? This text is telling us to hold on to Jesus for dear life. He's the Lord. He's the nourishment. He's the foundation. His death and resurrection, his person in your life, he's the one. Hold on to him. Christ is enough to see us through. These verses must be our prayer for each other, for those we love. So then, just as we received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you so much that the Lord Jesus has risen from the dead and he rules at your right hand. We thank you that you have helped us to receive him as Lord and we pray that we might continue to live in him. Lord, we thank you so much for what you've done for us. Help us always to be so thankful. In Jesus' name, amen.